0: Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the who, everybody? Pure in heart. heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward where everybody? Amen. Or in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you would you do me a favor would you just hold your hands out like this bow your head and would you say this prayer out loud after me let's say it dear god yeah. I'm, here today. I'm here today i open my mind, I open my mind. and my heart, my heart. Fill, me fill me holy spirit in jesus name, in jesus name. Amen, amen amen god bless you may be seated We have been in this series that we are calling Attitude Check. It is on the, the Beatitudes. This morning, as I begin to, to share with you, we I just feel like it's important that we do a little review. We have been saying some things over the last couple of weeks that I think is important to remember. One of the things that we've said that It's very important when you said you're poor in spirit, we've said, you first, Holy Spirit. Let's just say that together. You ready? Come on. You first, Holy Spirit. Spirit. When we talked about meekness, we understood that meekness can make me feel weak, can make me feel like a coward, but really meekness is power under control. Let's say that. You ready? What is meekness? Power under control. And then we talked about mercy. And last week, we talked about the two words. We said there's two words when it comes to to being a merciful person. And we had to say these two words, and they were show mercy. What are they, everybody? Show mercy to be pure in heart. Today, I want to talk to you about Matthew 5 and 8, about the pure in heart. And Jesus said this, again, Matthew 5 and 8. He said, blessed, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will what, everybody? See See God this is so important. When I, when, when we look at this word blessed, we understand that the blessing is something that God passed down from the very beginning all the way through. His blessing was so important. In the beginning with Adam and Eve, it was God that blessed them. Matter of fact, all the way from Adam and Eve to all the way down to Abraham and to the New Testament. We can look right now, we we'll look into the scripture in the very beginning in Genesis 1 and 27. Look what it said. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Amen. He created them. And now look at these next three words. What are they? God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. All through the scripture, it was so critical of God's blessings. There's something special about this blessing. God blessed Adam and Eve. He blessed Abraham who started started the Jewish race. He blessed uh, Abraham's children, Isaac and Jacob. He blessed like King David, you know, David and Goliath. All through the scripture, you will see that God blessed them. And God's favor was on them, and then you get to the New Testament, and all of a sudden we don't see this blessing as much. And Jesus comes now, and He says, "I want to give you the blessing. I want to give every person you can have the blessing—the same blessing that was on Abraham, uh, David, King David, who beat Goliath. That same blessing, that same favor of God that was on their life—you can have it. And that's why He gives us these these eight qualities, these eight principles." if you're gonna have the blessing he said blessed are they that so in other words there's a little work i have to do to get the blessing amen everybody that you're blessed by god but god can't bless every behavior but he blesses these eight principles that are practiced in our life so if you want the blessing you should lean into these and i would say listen i've got me a little three by five card i've started i started writing these down because i want the blessing amen Because what does the blessing get you? The blessing allows you to see God. You say, well, well, Jeff, do I see him physically? No, you don't see him physically, but you see him showing up everywhere in your life. Amen, Amen, everybody? Amen. amen. The Bible tells us that this pure in heart, we have to seek for it. Why? Because look what he says in Philippians 2. Paul writes this. He says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish, In the midst of a crooked, amen? Amen. Crooked and what, everybody? Twisted. Twisted. Does that describe where we are? If there's ever been a time that the the things are twisted and crooked, it's right now in this generation. But look what he says. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. In other words, that you're to be the light. As God blesses you, as favor shows up on your life, people are going to see you. I read this week about uh, in Lake Superior. On Lake Superior there is a lighthouse there this called the Split Rock Lighthouse. The reason this lighthouse was constructed is because in 1905 there was a huge storm that come through and 29 ships collided with the rocks crashed. And they decided that we got to do something. So they built, constructed this lighthouse like a 1910. And, and, and this lighthouse is so powerful. It's like every, every, every 10 seconds, it throws a beam of light that go, reaches 22 miles that the ships can be sailed safely through the harbors. I thought about the church because that's exactly what you are. You are a light in a crooked and twisted, dark place. Amen? And as the world gets darker, your light reaches further. Amen, everybody? The Bible says it's in Matthew. Look what he says in Matthew 5 and 16. In the same way, you're to be a beacon. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your what, everybody? Oh, look at my shirt. What does it say? Do good, that's right, do good. We got these t-shirts out there for you, so just remind you to keep doing good. He said in the same way, let your lights so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And let me just tell you something. That's what we're called to be. The, the world is it's dark out there, but let me tell you something. We walk out, you're like that. You're like that lighthouse. You're just shooting a beam of light and showing people there is a better way, there's a right way. You don't have to crash, your life doesn't have to be broke apart. No, you can follow Jesus. Amen, everybody. That's why. You know, that's why we're doing this prayer for our schools. I want to tell you something, when we started this task, our community, I thought, Lord, this task you've given us, will it ever happen? Trying to get pastors together is like herding cats. Everybody's got their own agenda. But I'm here to tell you today that our goal is we want to have 52 churches praying over 52 schools, and I want you to know we have 51 churches signed up as today. Can you say praise God for that, everybody? Yes! And so I'm asking you today because, you know, we live in this crooked, crooked, and twisted generation. Our kids more than ever need a spiritual covering. And they need you and me to stand up and be the one that will they'll stand in the gap for them and pray for them, pray the prayers that they don't know to pray. And I believe in that when we gather together on the 29th of July at 9 a.m. at every school in Henry County, that we're going to get there and we're going to pray and we're going to push back the darkness and the gates of hell will not prevail against our church. Amen. Our children, this year, our children are going to walk in those hallways of school and they're going to feel a a security and a comfort and a spirit that's never been there before why because when the church prays God hears amen so I'm asking you I've been asking every week I'm gonna keep asking you I'm asking you to sign up for a school on your connection card now listen we want 1,000 of our people to be there 1,000 so I know that we've already got about 500 of you that signed up already. So what I'm asking you to do, if you've already signed up, make sure that right on that connection card, you got a catalog which school you want to go to because we want SEC people to every school. What I'm asking you to do, if you've already signed up, then I'm asking you to recruit somebody. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm asking you to say, no, I'm not going by myself. I'm carrying somebody with me. Because when two or three of us gather together in his name, he's there in the midst. Amen, everybody? He's there. Can I just tell you something real quickly? You know, one plus one equals two. But when you take one and you put it beside one, that's 11. Amen, everybody? Did you just get that? When you and I stand together in the name of Jesus Christ, the, the power of God is multiplied. Amen, everybody. Yes. All right, I better get to the point here. <laughs> Look at the next verse, First Timothy 2, uh, 1 Timothy five twenty two. He says, do not be hasty in laying on of hands. What is he saying? He's saying, being careful what you give your approval to. Be very careful what you give your approval to. He goes on and says this. And do not share in the sins of others. (laughs) Just because everybody else is doing it. If you want to be blessed, you don't do it. Amen. And these last three words, these are our words that we're going to rem- remember today. You may want to circle them. Let's, let's say them together. You ready? Come on. Keep yourself pure. That's it. That's the message today. Our three words, that's it right there. Let's say our three words today. If you don't get anything else, this is the message. Everybody, you ready? Here it is. Let's say them. You ready? Come on. Keep yourself pure. Come on, say it again, everybody. Keep yourself pure. That's it. That's your job. If you want to live in the blessing and you want to see God, then we have to keep ourselves pure. You have to, I can't do it for you. I can't live with you and you can't live with me and make sure I'm doing everything's right. No, I've got to decide I'm going to keep myself pure. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do that. Amen, everybody. So let's talk about how do you keep your heart pure. I want to give you three things today that I, that, listen, oh, let me tell you, I don't, I don't have this perfected. My heart's not always pure, everybody. It's not always pure. And so I just want you to know I'm working with you. I I wish I didn't have to stand up here because I don't want to sit down there with you because I'm in the boat with you. Sometimes you look up here on this stage, you think, oh, he's got it all together. No, he don't. He's messed up. (laughs) He's just jacked up. So today, I just want you to know, I'm just, as I'm talking about this today, I'm trying to learn with you. So the first thing I would tell you is number one is be quick to Repent. If you want to have a pure heart, you've got to be quick to repent. Yeah. What I'm trying to practice, even in, in, in my home with Rhonda, is that when I do something, when I say something, boom, like I'm quick on the trigger to say something that cuts her, you know what I'm saying? Look at, Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> in your house, you don't do that every once in a while. You get in an argument, you say, oh, bam! I'll tell you that, I just boom, hit you with that word right there. You know what I'm talking about. When I do that and I realize what I just done, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be quick to say I'm sorry. Amen. And repent of it and not do it again. That's right. I'm trying. I haven't got there yet. Okay, all right. Our world teaches us, our world teaches us that that we we can have an excuse for everything. Matter of fact, the one excuse that I hear now that, that I've been here for the last 10 years is I was born this way I Just look at me. I Was born a liar. I Was born as th- I was born a thief. I was born a womanizer I was born everything. I was born the most wicked person you could ever say that's me That's the way I was born, but thank God I got born again Amen, Amen everybody Amen. Hallelujah. You can. As a child of God, you cannot say I was born that way because we all were born that way, amen? we all born messed up, crooked, and, and our desire to do everything that God doesn't want us to do. But when we come to know Jesus Christ, we were born again, and the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us, and therefore, when my flesh wants to go that way,
1: the Holy Spirit says, no, you're a child of God. You don't live that way anymore.
0: Amen, everybody? You cannot keep excusing yourself out of a problem you keep sinning yourself into. You just can't. Well, you know, that's the way my family always did it. Well, change your family tree. Acts 13, or Acts uh, 3 and 19 says this. Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be what, everybody? Yes. And notice what happened. That times of refreshing may come from who? The, Lord. the blessing. The repentant heart is the heart that God blesses. King David sinned mightily, but he repented and God blessed him. It's not the... Perfect heart, it's the repentant heart that becomes pure. The repentant heart. Look at Isaiah 48 and 22. This is something you need to know. But there is no what, everybody? For who? who? Now, you ever thought about who's wicked? Now, when I say wicked, you may be thinking about a Broadway show that's going on in Atlanta. (laughs) Or you may think about a villain. But let me tell you what wickedness is it's sin. Whenever I'm sinning, I am being wicked. That doesn't mean you've got a wand, you're casting a spell. That Bible calls sin wickedness. And so there is no peace for the person who continually commits sin that's being wicked. If you're living in sin, you will never have peace. Amen. You're right. Amen. Amen. You're never going to have peace. That's why if, if you're running from God, you're running to worry and anxiety. When you're running to God, you're running to peace. Amen. You're running to peace. Zechariah 1.3 says this, Therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will what, everybody? Return to, Return you. to you, says the Lord Almighty. When we turn to God, he returns to us. So today, the greatest thing that I can offer you today to help you with peace is to offer you a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because until you say, Jesus, come into my life and save me, and you surrender yourself to his will, you will never, ever have peace. Never have peace. You can't drink enough, smoke enough, toke enough, pop enough to have peace. Amen. You just can't. So today I want to, those of you that are watching online as well and in this room, we're going to bow our heads right now. And if you you say, Jeff, I have not asked Jesus to save me. Today I want to invite you to do that because that's the beginning of peace. Would you bow your heads and repeat this prayer in your heart, and your mind after me, not even out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry for my sins. I repent. And I ask you to come into my life and save me. Jesus be the Lord of my life. Thank you Jesus for saving me, amen. Come on let's give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer. Those of you that prayed that prayer. Online, we want you to fill this card out digitally. In the room, fill this card out. Just check the box that I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to send you something in the mail that will help you on your journey. I love you that much. I want to help you uh, on this journey. So remember, repentance, by the way, is this. If God is that way and I'm walking this way, that means I'm walking away from God. So repentance is a 180. It means I turn around and I start walking back toward God. Amen, everybody? So that means I turn from my sin and I turn toward God. You can never turn toward God without turning away from your sin. Anytime that you turn toward God, you're turning away from your sin. So that's what repentance is. Okay, number two is this. Number two, what, but what are our three words before I give you number two? What are they? Did you forget? Keep yourself pure. Come on, let's do it. Keep yourself pure. That's right. got to preach to yourself. Number two is be quick to forgive. Now, I talked about this last week, but I thought in in order to have a pure heart, we have to forgive. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all what, everybody? Okay, that's stored up unforgiveness. Get rid of all bitterness, because let me tell you something, bitterness does lead to rage and anger, doesn't it? Brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now remember what we said that forgiveness is not forgetting. If you could forget, you would not need to forgive. I don't know about you, but when I I, I say, okay, I forgive them, and then a shoot, two minutes later it pops back in my mind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? so what I'm trying, so we've understood this, that forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is that every time I remember, it's like I got my fist clenched. Every time I remember, I choose to let it go. Amen. Every th- if I have to do it every two minutes, I'll say, no, I'm letting it go. No, I'm letting it go. Now, let me tell you a story. I come across a story this week that, that I think describes why it's so important to forgive and let it go every time you have that memory. Is that there was this village that uh, had a place where they received their water. It was like a pond where they would all go and draw their water out of this area. And then all, they'd been doing it for years, generations. And then all of a sudden, people begin in the village, begin to get sick. It's like some even died because, and they, they said, it's the water, it's the water. And, and they were, that was the only water source they had. And they were dying. And nobody could figure out why they couldn't they didn't see anything different in the water. Until one day, one of the villagers was, went hunting way up in the hills. And when he did, he come across a small stream up there that was feeding into that pond down below. And he saw a cow that had died and his carcass was laying in that stream. And all the parasites and so forth was coming down into that water and it was polluting the water and making them sick. And here's the good news. Once they removed the cow out of the stream, the water itself began to purify again and nobody got sick. What I'm trying to tell you today, if you want a pure heart and you want to get well, you got to get the cow out of the stream, baby. Amen. you got to let it go. Let it go. Every time you open up, let it go. Let it, you're getting a cow out of the stream, and, and guess what? You feel like, oh, they're getting off scot-free. No, no. You're getting healed, and you're getting well, and you're getting better, and you'll never be better as long as you leave the cow in the stream. Yes. Get it out, yes. and God will heal your heart. Amen, everybody? Amen. So the first thing we see is we're going to be quick to repent, the second thing we see is that we're going to be quick to forgive. Now, what's our three words, everybody? Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. You've got to preach that to yourself. You gotta say it. You gotta. You got when you're when you're thinking about something wrong. You gotta preach to yourself and say those three words. What are we gonna say, everybody? Keep yourself pure. I'm not cussing them out. Keep yourself pure. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on social media and just chew them out. Keep yourself pure. Amen, everybody. I'm not gonna text them. That's not my husband or wife. Just to see how they're doing because I have these feelings toward them. No. Keep yourself pure. Okay. Nobody wants to talk about that, do they? Oh, this little friend popped up on your social media you hadn't seen in 20 years that you had a little high school fling with. And all of a sudden they say, how are you? Isn't that amazing that when you read it, it's just how are you? But in your mind, it's how are you? No, 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 no. Keep yourself pure. Delete. Amen, everybody. Number three is this, is be quick to believe God. Be quick to believe God. There's three things that I think that war against our faith more than anything else. And that is, it is doubt, it is fear, and unbelief. We all have doubts from time to time, everybody. But when you let those doubts fester, they become fear and then it can lead into unbelief to where you just don't believe God. The problem that we have in our culture today is that we're so analytical. We have to have an explanation for everything that happens. We gotta know the why. We analyze until we are paralyzed. Paralyzed. When somebody says that God has done a miracle for them, my mind wants to know how did it happen. Instead so of saying, great, it happened. Praise God. And when somebody, when somebody tells me that they're believing for something so great, my mind automatically goes, as to how can it happen? And if Jeff can't figure out how it can happen, then many times in Jeff's mind, it can't happen. But that's not faith. Amen. The thing that we have with God is that all things are possible to them that believe, everybody. Yes. Amen? Yes. All things. Are, it's amazing. It seems like our world says things like this. It seems like it says that the more skeptical we are, the more intelligent we are. Faith is believing God. It is believing God. I want to share this with you. I wrote this down. This skeptical stuff has been around from the very beginning. There's a story that we find in the Bible. It's found in John. There's a man that was born blind. And Jesus heals him on a Sabbath day. And the religious people are a little freaked out that the man was claimed to be healed. And so they come up to the man, they begin to ask him this question. I wrote it down, and the man's answer, he said, how, how did it happen? How did it happen? That's what we want to know. How did it happen? He said this. How then when your eyes opened, they asked him. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go wash in Siloam and, and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. And so they were like, what? We can't believe it. How did that happen? It's so simple. He he made some mud, wiped it on your eyes, and told you to go wash in that pool over there, and you did, and you can see. They didn't believe it. So they called his mom and dad in. They said, we want you, is this your son, and was he born blind? Well, they freaked them out. They were scared to death. They said, "Yes, we want you. This is our son, and he was born blind." And they said, "Well, how can he see now?" They said, "He's a grown man. We don't know how he can. He's a grown man. I don't know." <laughs> so they called the man back in. They said, "Now listen. Tell me one more time, woman. How did this happen to you? Because see, all the analytical people like you and I—we want to figure everything out. You know, we should make it all. It should make sense to us." And what happened to him, the man said, I I want
1: you to know this. He said, all I know is this, is that I was blind. I've been blind my whole life. And there was a man by the name of Jesus come by. He made, he spit on the ground what he did. And he stirred it up and he made a little mud and he wiped it on my eyes. And he said, go over that pool and you wash it out of your eyes. And he said, I did that. I washed it out of my eyes and now I can see. And they said, tell us one more time. He said, well, let me tell you. All that I know is I met a man named Jesus. He spit on the ground. He made a little mud. wiped it in my eyes. And now I can see. All that I know is I was blind, but now I see. All that I know is I was blind, but now I see. When you when you have something in your life that's going on that you've been praying about and God answers it and you try to explain it to people they're not going to understand and so all you got to say is all I know I was so down in depression I could hardly get out of bed but God Almighty come and He touched my life I was so broke busted and disgusted but I met the Savior Jesus Christ and all I know I was blind but now I see Hallelujah. To his name. Amen, everybody. Yeah. Glory yeah. to God.
0: Wait just a minute. Sit down. I got some more to tell you. I got I to hurry up. I want to tell you today that God is still in the miracle working business. Right here, there's a man sitting right there. His name's David Burkett. I want you to know he's fought leukemia for a long time. He was in remission and had come back. And the doctors told him in December, you may have one or two months
1: to live and we've done all we can. There's nothing else we can do. And when there was no more treatments and nothing else available, I want you to know that God Almighty has moved in this man. He's sitting right there today because of the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah to his name. He's still in the miracle working business. Amen, everybody. Hallelujah. There's a person sitting among us today who had a financial problem. They they had over $230,000 worth of debt. And she, and she said to me, Send me a letter. And said, I just want you to know I, I had over 230,000. I was so overwhelmed with this debt. But she said, I began to pray and give it to God. And I begin to tithe. And she said, I want you to know that I've prayed and i tithe. I trust God because I couldn't pay the debt. And she sent me the letter and said, something supernatural happened. They, this people contacted her and said, I want you to know that a portion of your debt has been forgiven. Your total now is $46,000. From two hundred and thirty to $46,000. I'm telling you, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. I didn't believe before but now I believe because the Savior of the world is living in me. Amen, everybody. Why is that pastor so crazy? Because I want you to know I was a lost teenager and I had no hope and I was going down the wrong path but somebody introduced me to Jesus Christ and all I know is I'm blind. I was blind but now I see.
0: I've got a next step for you. I can't forget this. Pull this card out. It's so important. When I have thoughts of unbelief, I will say out loud, you're a liar devil. Come on. Can I do a little choir practice right now? Will you say that with me? You're a liar devil. Let's say You ready? Come on. You're a liar devil. Say it again. You're a liar devil. When you begin to have those thoughts that it can't happen. Look at the next verse with me. John, or actually uh, Mark 9 and 23. Jesus said, what's that next word? What's that word, everybody? What's that word, everybody? What's that word, everybody? Everything Everything is possible for the one who believes. I got some things in my mind, my analytical self says it's impossible. But today I'm going to release my faith, and I'm going to say, God, what my mind cannot piece together, I'm going to trust your hand to do. I'm believing God to touch my children, I'm believing God to do that. We've been saying this church to be debt free in 2023. And we've done so good, we paid our debt down on the principal over 125,000, that's wonderful. But I'm I'm believing for $2.1 million to be wiped out this year. I'm believing that. I wanna ask you, what are you believing for? Are you willing to let go of the analytical mind? Are you willing to say, oh, well, this is impossible? Are you just willing to say, God, Right now I'm blind, but I believe you can help me see. What you did for David Burkett, you can do. Lord, what you did for that young lady with debt, you can do. and God, what you've done with so many for their family, their children, you can do. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again.